This is not what I imagined when someone said peeping Tom. <laughs> oh, no. I, mean, I guess that made the episode, didn't it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's somebody's intro. So, on the on the heels of that, uh, <laughs> I want to start today's episode with a sweet shout out to our one listener in Svinaosha. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing yeah. that right. Oh, yeah. Poland. Nice. Woo! Uh, I am your DM for the evening for what is very possibly the final episode of this arc. Uh, Evan. Hi again. Welcome. Hey. The final episode of your arc. Evan, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, I'm curious. It's sweaty. It's kind of hot. Mm. It's, it's been getting warm recently. It has been. That's true. It's like, yeah. it's like seven at night and still somehow I've got underarm sweat. And... Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just from sitting down. Introduce Damn. yourself so I can stop talking about my armpits. <laughs> hey, no, please continue. This is riveting for someone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ooh. I don't know Ooh. who, but not me. Oh. I know a couple friends who would definitely get mad at me. Or, like, not get mad at me, but would lord it over me if that was riveting to someone. Ooh, what a descriptor. Hi, I'm Eli. How's it going? <laughs> uh, I'm so playing Moon. I am. Yep. Sorry. I can explain if you want after the intros. Okay. All right. All right. I'm I gonna feel like hand the moment's passed. Torch now. All right. Mm. Don't burn yourself or me, please. Okay. All right. Oh my God, Eli! Hello. You what? dropped it. You dropped oh. it. Man. Oh God. Sorry. Sorry. No, <laughs> uh, what happened? It destroyed Evan's eardrums with that one. It destroyed my eardrums, and Eli was so invested in the bit. He was like, "What? No. No. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was at like a thirteen, and Eli it was at like a four. Yeah. Um, which oh, means no, we I'm average sorry. we average there at like what, like an eight, a nine, seven. Yeah, was it a solid seven? eight? Solid yeah. eight or seven, yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah, know. yeah. So yeah, I'm a solid that. eight. I'm, I'm Cam. Solid <laughs> eight. Solid eight wow. out of ten. Ooh. Yeah. I never said it was out of ten, but yeah, I mean, solid the eight. Implications were pretty thick, so it's fine. Oh, I'm all about thick implications. Let's get started. Hey. Thick and, implications uh, and armpits. That's the title. <laughs> God. God. <laughs> So uh, I don't know where the rest of you are, but I can tell you where you're not safe. Mm. Tom. Oh, no. <laughs> There's got to be a town named safe somewhere, right? Oh, definitely. Boy. Can we get a Google Fucking search? Google safe, Iowa. Right. Uh, <laughs> visiting safe. Uh, the town. There we go. Yep. Town named safe. There, I, yeah. I, anybody else? I didn't town, get anything. Uh, no, I'm just safe? getting the, ten, the safest cities. Yeah, there's no. I mean, I'm not getting any safe. All right, I'll know what to name my. Maybe next if city I Google Maps it, you're gonna name Maybe. it safe. Who knows? Um. So, are we gonna like do the dragons yes, of dungeon? Right. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Um... Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm just kind of excited <laughs> to play a game. Yeah. Oh my so me. We will find ourselves back at a town, coincidentally not named Safe. Isn't that crazy? Uh. <laughs> wow. Back in the town, we found ourselves in for. A good number of the same day at this point. Lupellus. Uh, at this point, I don't know if I want to do, like, the normal discovery of clues. Uh, I think it's okay if we go back to a recap, because at this point, we're not looking for clues. This is your guys' final run. Oh, no. You've taken out the, the splinter. Yeah. You're good. No, there, there is yeah. no relooping. Nope. So what did you do last time, and what do you intend to do now? Hmm. What a great uh, question. <laughs> Alistair kind of copy-pasted his day. Oh, he did? <laughs> Spoke to the ghosts, uh, hung out with Avra for a bit, went back to town, told folks, hey, you should probably evacuate. Um, and met, apparently found the messenger ghost of 
swords long past. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> we'll see if he makes a return appearance. I hope he does. Yeah, that would be uh, cool. Q didn't do anything. Z, on the other hand, did quite a bit this episode, uh, this past episode. It was a lot. Um, this whole arc, I mean, I guess since, uh, spoiler alert to the listeners, but Q comes from a timeline where his time was stuck in a loop. And I feel like this arc has just been very, without me meaning to do it, has kind of been, Q has been having a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah, I think it would be pretty traumatic for him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This has been quite a bit, especially having his body stolen from him um, and being led through a crazy chase through the woods, causing massive destruction in his wake, um, including the death of a baby deer uh, that Evan just wanted to throw in. Just a a moral dilemma. Fully knowing that I I had nothing to say about it. It was all about the mind flare in my brain. I mean, Um, look, sometimes you know your player's on a pathway, and just to fuck with them and help characterize their villain, uh, you give them a baby deer. You put a baby deer in front of them so that you can describe the way it squelches and crunches as it dies. All right, I'm making a note of that, so next time that you guys have a moment, I'm going to just throw a baby deer at you. Wow. Uh, That's that's going to be a new curse. Yeah, actually yeah. having like a deep emotional moment with a bone, and a deer will just fall from the sky and like, snap its spine <laughs> on his head. Yes, absolutely. Um, ah! But yeah, uh, Z led the splinter to the water, and the sea beast freaking ate that shit. Just nabbed it up like a pastry, like a nice croissant. Leaving Q barely alive at the bottom of the sea, surrounded in a cascade of nidhogling scales. Q actually, because of the uh, stasis he was in, yeah. uh, is fully healed, but is exhausted. Yeah. Is in the, very in the moment you were barely out of spell slots. So uh, Q mm. is not in a fantastic shape for tonight. This is going to be a very Hopefully spicy get a time. Quick rest in a short rest. Mm. We'll see. Some spells. Mm. We'll yeah. see. Uh, really... If you take a short rest, it's going to take up one of your time slots, which means no helping Hoon. Uh, yeah, and that's where I was just going to start jumping in because Hoon was like tagging along with Q slash Z the whole time, you know, getting thoroughly blasted by a tree trunk and then kind of seemed okay to do some grenade tossing and then casually just left the scene after like remembering his past experiences and then arrived at the beach. And this is me as the player realizing it now that I don't have the same help as I did last time. So, oh no. Uh-huh. I am nearby. You do know that that uh, I am probably there. Probably. Right? I, I also um, I thought you went back to Alistair originally. Yes. And you, uh, yeah. Are you both no, making your original beach? At no, I have to go get Alistair. Has to go. I see. Uh, you have to get the, the ghosts. ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 So just copy paste. Yeah. Okay. So Got it. They, Hoon and Alistair had met up at noon in the city and then departed again for the afternoon. Which is where we find ourselves. Knowing that Alistair is, uh, you know, just just running back an old scene. We don't have to run it. We know what Alistair's doing. Alistair yeah. is Pied Pipering, like, welcome to the Black Parading, a bunch of ghosts into the town. Excuse yes. you, no. Now they are playing Needhog Eat World. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Their, harp, their little liar. Uh, mm-hmm. Just rousing the ghosts. So uh, gay. <laughs> such a gay character you've made, and I love it. He, he is. I love oh, this yeah. use of the word. That's why look, you know, use the, the word. I'm only okay with saying it because we know canonically. 
but he is. <laughs> and I am. It's fine. It's yeah. I didn't say it in a derogatory way. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally forgot the the original canonical happiness, and I was just just going with the other definition of just like this happy character, you know. And I was just like, all right, cool, let's run with it. It's you not know? a beratement or an attack. It's a simple statement. Your character yeah. is quite gay. It was beautiful. Oh <laughs> I had to. I had. I have to clarify that I was cracking up at the reserved, but he is. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Like, like there is concern in Tom's voice about it. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm myself. It's a good note to start on. So running back mm. an old scene and playing Nidhogg Eat World to <laughs> to drag a bunch of old ghosts from their from their slumber, <laughs> uh, we are going to instead follow Hoon once again on a walk towards the beach. The last time you had walked this path, it was calm. It was beautiful. It was relaxed. And you had someone else with you. Now, Hoon, you are past two post-death experiences in this place. You are... You have faced death and danger time and time again. You have had to relive old skills, old traumas. Army crawling your way across hot sand is not something you've had to do since Hell Week. And yet, here you still stand. And you can see that the walk is not as beautiful and not as calm and relaxed as it was before. It seems like something about the countryside is fighting against itself. The winds are a bit harsher than you remember, than you expect them to be. The salty sea air that blows in is heavier, is thicker. The salt penetrates the inside of your nose and wicks the moisture away, and your face feels dry and chapped. And you are walking this, and you can see the grasses are seeming to blow away from you as you walk further and further towards the beach, just by happenstance of the strong wind. What is going through Hoon's mind in this moment? Yeah, so it really is that coming to coming to understand that Hoon is a soldier in this moment. Hoon has graduated from his desk office. Hoon has stepped out, got dirty, and is stepping with another kind of confidence. It's inspirational. It's it's with vigor and but it's also with poise that he's hasn't had the ability to present since his first projects at the academy and it 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 presents a kind of hope that he thought he'd lost in times past and it's just there's there's like the as the wind blows and and it like catches the the bottom part of the coat you know it whisks back and it's just this calm this unnatural unwavering walk and then i reach the cliffs you see storm clouds gathering on the horizon something you've not seen in any loop prior to this starting to build above the ocean and rolling in. And as you walk towards this storm, the dirt crunches beneath your heels in perfect rhythm. Crunch, 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 as a drumbeat echoes, maybe quietly, maybe loud enough for you to realize, in the back of your head, a drumbeat from years now past, from a world gone, an old marching rhythm. And you step, 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 step towards your destination. And you make it to the top of the cliff, and you see below... The beach is rocked with ra- with waves. The ocean is in turmoil. And you can see occasionally breaking the surface a massive swell of scales just off the coast. Once, and then a few seconds, and then again. And then you see a tendril shoot out and whip back in with a crack as it pierces and cuts through the water. And there's still a fight happening off the coast. And you can see that the raiders, now beached, their boats ashore, are staring out at the water. And 
the last time you saw them here, they were a bit more relaxed. They were content. This was business as usual. Now they are seeing something that they recognize as a bad omen, and their body language is far more dangerous than it was. What would you like to do? So first, I want to understand the scene a bit more. Is it mm-hmm. the same setup as when I originally encountered it with Q? It is not. Uh, when you last encountered this scene, you could see that like uh, plans were being doled out, weapons were being tossed around, uh, and people were gathering loosely, almost as though like about to run a marathon, right? In that way of like a communal activity where nobody's really caring about safety. Like it, this is an event that you show up to. Right. It was not the attitude of we're about to go murder a town of people. It was the attitude of oh, another day at the office. Am I right? And now you are staring out at this and you can see that the raiders are arrayed out in a loose line, just staring at the crashing waves of the ocean. There is no discussion. There is no clamor. It is staunch, stark silence. OK, so there's not a clear definition of groups present. It's all just this. It's a jump. group. OK. So that's going to change what Hoon does. Um, would you say the path that was used to get up to the, where Hoon's standing now is about as wide enough to get messed up by a grenade's explosion? Uh, a grenade is powerful. It's not powerful enough to destroy a pathway. Uh, this, is, this is stone that has suri- survived erosion over hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, you could blast a bit of the gravel away, but it would just become a rocky path that would take a little bit harder, or would be a little bit harder and take a little bit longer to traverse. You would not be able to completely collapse it with just a grenade. And then, so after Hoon discerns that much, uh, he's also going to look around just by sheer dumb luck, right? If -hmm. there's anything that seems unstable enough to be put into rocks fall, people die. (laughs) Let me roll here. And I, as I get my dice out to roll, I will ask uh, you, does Hoon have any spells or abilities that allow for the manipulation of Earth? Well, there is, I believe, one, but it's not directly related. It's, um... Shovel. Maximilian's <laughs> Earth and Grasp. Uh, no, that, w- that would not do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. So I have rolled, and I will tell you, uh, go ahead and roll a nature check for me, Hoon. A nature check. Okay. Yeah. You're trying to discern the stability of a cliff edge. I would I would call that pretty pretty nature minded. Yeah, that's a that's a nine. Unfortunately, rolled kind of low. That's a nine. Yeah. You don't see anything that you could make use of. Rip. Okay. There's no like comically large boulders situated right at the cliff <laughs> edge. Uh, there is no like very obvious glowing crack in the rock wall. Uh, mm. It is a pathway. You could disrupt it, you could clog it, but anything you do, you would not be able to eradicate it and would only serve to slow for a short while. Sure, essentially making difficult terrain. Um, Okay, so after surveying the situation, who knows that he's at a severe disadvantage without his partner in sight? And let's see. I mean, honestly, what he's going to do is... While you think on this, I will, will cut away from you to maybe introduce another variable into your plan. Q, after you've spent some time healing up in your cocoon at the bottom of the ocean, I assume you eventually break out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it It basically finishes after, you know, a little bit. Um, oh, does it, it automatically recede? I believe so, yeah. I can just double-check really quickly. But uh, sure it does... a minute. Yeah, it's just one minute. 
Great. So I'm, so I'm not I, in there very long. I, I will describe it as such then. Uh, you remain in the cocoon for just long enough to thud against the ocean floor before you feel water start to wet your back. And you kind of turn your head to look and you can see that a crack is on the underside of the cocoon and it starts to split like a pistachio shell around you. And you are being slowly flooded with water inside this cocoon. Uh, I do. I can still breathe underwater, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And I do still have my um, swimming speed. Great. So, uh, so I guess. Tentacles, yeah. Yeah. The tentacles cover you and you once again don this visage of a creature who just moments prior destroyed a landscape for you. And the cocoon splits and you see it starts to float up above you and sprinkle into little flakes like fish food uh, as it just disperses into the ocean. And you are being, like, you are at the bottom of the ocean and you can feel yourself getting pushed back and forth across the sand by the powerful currents. Like, the sea is tumultuous. Um, I think uh, at this point, has Z kind of um, let go of my consciousness having successfully done what he wanted to do? Z has. I think not being... You you tell me because I'm t- I'm making an assumption on your character here, and I want I want you to like check me if this is wrong. But having not been used to being in control of a body for a short while, Z is fairly exerted after mm. such immense physical activity and mental activity, arguing with you and thinking and planning while on the run. I would think Z is not in a like completely catatonic state, but is dormant for now. Has receded. Okay. Uh, Q kind of just opens his eyes a little bit uh, and sees, I assume this fight is still going on, as you said, right? So there's... It, it is. It is being dragged further and further out into the open ocean. I see. Um, just kind of like looks over at it for maybe a minute or two. Um, and Q feels the physical exhaustion that has been uh, pushed onto his body, not even by his own free will. Um, and thinks about uh firstly the baby deer (laughs) um a casual thing and as z is a bit more dormant um i think q's emotions are finally starting to kick in um as usually z keeps that pretty cut away from q for the most part and he thinks about alistair he thinks about how he talked to hoon um and how hoon does not know that it was someone else talking to him uh, and does feel quite bad about it. Um, and things back to the village and Avra and Ablis, um, you know, all the people that he's come to know there and who he feels kind of responsible for. Um, I think in a way, because of his actions just now, he feels a v- immense weight of responsibility Um and he's unsure of himself in this moment. And he's going to do what he always does when he feels unsure. Uh, and he's going to take out his waterproof, magically enchanted um, yeah, <laughs> erotica. Um, oh, wow. Oh, my God. I thought it was going to be a thermos. <laughs> oh, Written man. by Olympia. Um, and shed a quick tear mm. as he reads over it. Puts it back away in his, his uh, pocket. And just starts to swim back to where he knows the shore is. You leave the Nidhogling scales scattered through the sand. Oh, that is something I will say, though. Mm-hmm. I am grabbing probably about three or four Nidhogling scales, if I can fit them in my person. 
Uh, they are they are of varying sizes. You can see that there are some that are larger, about as big as a hand. There's like one that's as big as your f***ing head. Uh, but many of them are smaller, like styled fish scales. You could shovel like piles into your bag if you wanted, uh, or you could just grab one of the larger ones. Um, can I do both? Uh, d- just as a matter of bag space. Uh, I see. You, you could you could do a mixture of both. Uh, if you if you so sought, but yeah, you don't I'll really get know. varied sizes. I'll just yeah. I'll just grab yeah, a just, bunch of different. You collect sizes. a bunch of varied sizes, uh, and with a now surprisingly lumpy bag, uh, you make yep. your way back towards the shore. Uh, I don't think Hugh is um, going to be trying to sneak ashore. Mm. I think he's just going to outright just just walk out from the water once he okay. reaches it. Poon, as you are thinking about what you want to do, you see. A what what color? Describe Q as he walks out of the water Ooh, for us. Yes, please. As Q walks out from the water, um, I don't think you'd be close enough to see his eyes um, at this moment. But for the people that would see his eyes, they'd see that they um, have receded from the purple veins that were bursting through his eyes and are now just like shot like red, um, just like a classic bloodshot eyes. He, there are bags underneath as if he hasn't slept in days. Um, I think he has a nosebleed uh, just from the fact that the, you know, uh, mind flare in his head was really tapping into him. Um, I think some tendrils are still kind of like worthing their way around his neck uh, and his mouth and kind of just start to peel slowly back and recede into his co- like ripped up coat. Um, his arms are like... I, I think, honestly, um, weirdly enough, his arms seem a little bit bigger, almost as if they've absorbed some of the water. Like, he's carrying water on his very, like, fleshy person. Um, and he slosh he seems, a little bit as you want. Yeah, I slosh. I, I mean, you look bloated. Um, Q's usual kind of, like, just kind of casual swagger isn't there. He's just hunched forward, head down. He doesn't pay attention to his surroundings as he exits the water. His, his, he is entirely in his own head, coming up with future things to say and future things to do, and is in that kind of, kind of in a, a way where sometimes people will, um, have gone through something very traumatic and in response will focus on something in the future rather than deal with the present and is very locked away in that, that case in his brain. He's not paying attention to anything as he just exits this water in a very slow fashion. I want you to roll something for me, and I will mm. allow you to decide what it is that you roll. Either intimidation or religion. I'll do religion. Okay, go ahead and roll a religion check for me. The okay. spice around this is tantalizing. Uh, I will do... Yeah, okay, so this is going to be a 14. A 14? Yes. Uh, you step out of the water, and Hoon, you immediately see all of the raiders go into battle mode. Uh, they oh. have been staring at the water line, and the moment they see something shift, bows are drawn, arrows are knocked, like, axes are out. Uh, tr- trumpet to lips. Uh, <laughs> that's what a bard looks like in fight stance. Um, no, it's, it's a, like, it's a, it was a horn and a bagpipe. Um, but as you walk out of the water, the weapons are readied, but no one says a word. And you just keep walking, and you see one of the raiders walks up just a little bit, and like is pulling the arm back to swing. Poon, do you do anything in this moment? Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah! Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, who catapults a grenade? Okay. Considering the arc, I will let this work. I will let this grenade, like, depending on what you roll, I want you to roll an intelligence skill check for me. And if you roll high, this will actually get to land. Because considering your height elevation, I would say there is a way you could figure out to arc this to actually land it. It's a a 14. That's a 14? Yeah. Not good enough. You catapult the grenade, and as this guy is walking forward to swing, cocking the... cocking the axe back over his shoulder he drops one leg and is about to cleave horizontally a blow aimed directly to sever q's head an explosion rips across the beach from behind him and again they all turn around the creature that they see uh that is q but they they see as a beast that has walked out of the water had tendrils across his body and has made no hostile movement they turn to the source of direct noise, and for a moment there is a distraction. Uh, Q still, uh, I think at this point, the explosion causes a flashback to the same, the first time he heard that same kind of sound, that same explosion, and remembers <laughs> a, holding a dead Ratson with shrapnel filling him up before he poofs out of existence. And he kind of like looks up, and sees Hoon way off in the horizon, who just arched this grenade over to catch his attention, Cold and will we'll fully realize his situation in front of him, and be like, oh, right, yep, nope, could still die this time, okay, and uh, <laughs> we'll try to <laughs> stealth back into the water uh, okay. as sneakily as possible, since they've all turned their head. <laughs> You're still in clear sight of some of them, so... Oh, okay. Are you saying, like, not every single person turned around? It was more like... Uh, no, it's like, they, they you were walking through the center of them. So they oh, I turned, see. and there were still some who, like, had you in their line of sight. Uh, so, you can go ahead and roll a stealth check. It will just be to compare how, dish, like, how attention-grabbing you are in comparison to the explosion. If, and that's the case, then, if I'm further in than I'm, ex- I'm imagining in my head, um, then I think, at this point... Um, I will also give you this opportunity if you want. You can re-roll the religion check. We can call Hoon's assistance here a help action. Oh, shit. Okay, I think I will try that. Yeah, I think I'll try that. Uh, no, still nothing. No? Uh, okay, so you can see that there are some of them who had you in their line of sight. You were walking, and already, like, one was, ne- was close enough to you to be, like, gearing up for a swing. Uh, so there were I'll... some who definitely had you in line of sight. I think I'll just kind of speak up to the one that was about to swing. Hey, what's got you distracted? Weren't you about to just axe me? Uh, you see, as you talk, he, this guy, I'm, I'm gonna roll a relationship for this shit. There's so much shit happening in, like, two Uh, seconds. (laughs) He immediately, like, recoils back, and, like, arms spiraling backwards, kind of windmilling, is like, (laughs) just screaming, uh, and just, like, lands on his ass back in the beach, and is just, like, scrambling backwards. Uh, like, just moving away from a sea beast that is talking to him directly. Uh, and you can see the other raiders turn to look at you. And one of the older ones, like, who is this older raider with, like, salt and pepper hair, like, salt and pepper blonde hair, with, like, a long beard that's kind of pulled into a single taut braid, uh, kind of just, like, seeing the guy, like, scrambling past him, just, like, kneels, or not kneels down, but, like, crouches down and just backhands him across the face. Uh, and you see this guy just, like, slump into the dirt. Uh, as he is reprimanded, uh, and they just turn back to you. And I don't. Uh, I think that was an unfair reprimand. I think you should all probably be reacting this way. 
I'm from there. And I just point towards the fight <laughs> behind me. Yeah. yeah. And you see the, the older one uh, kind of walks forward. And this is one you've seen in the back before. He, he serves mm-hmm. as an archer. Uh, uh, walks up to you and goes, what do you want, beast? I'm going ahead. Wait here. Why? We have not seen you. We do not know you. Why would we listen? You don't need to. And I'll just try to move past him. Uh, he will allow you to move past, and you hear strings being pulled behind you. I wouldn't do that unless you want to anger the thing behind you. It seems angry enough already. Not at you. Do you really want to invite that rage this way? Make another check. <laughs> same one. Same religion check. Another religion check. Okay. Yeah. I'm not getting anything better. Hey, <laughs> you're leaning. Like you're shit. leaning into the superstition. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, it's a twelve. It's a twelve. He goes not at us. It would not be at us. But you, I think you are no god. And he I'm walks not. up and he puts a hand on your shoulder. I'm not a god. I just work for one. You hear a rasp of steel against the scabbard, and a blade is put to your neck. Which one? <laughs> Q, instead of answering him with words, would like a tendril to come out from his hand. And just go, do you want to know the name? Can I cut to, like, me real quick at the top of the cliff and just say that Hoon is, like, seeing this all go down, and he knows mm. he's out of range of a fireball. So he's going to slowly start maneuvering through with enough um, vigor to actually get in range in case something does happen. So slowly or quickly? Quickly! I, I okay. Quickly. So if I will offer you this. You can run down the uh, switchback and get there in time to maybe do something. If you want to get close enough to throw a fireball immediately, you could leap down the cliffside. <laughs> I'll oh offer God. that to you. Wait, uh, mechanics question. Would you uh-huh. allow me to cast two spells? Which ones? Fireball and Featherfall? Uh, you could definitely leap off the side. Uh, and you. I would say, like, you would need to... We've discussed before that being at the cliffside is not close enough to launch a fireball, so you would need to leap then Featherfall moments before impact, and then run to get close enough to Fireball. But you would be able to to actually have an influence on this. So yeah, it would be it would be multiple different rounds, and you could. We're gonna we're gonna do that. Great. Uh, <laughs> so I want you for the big battle. It's fine. I want you to roll something for me here, which is I'm deciding what to make this because essentially what I'm thinking is I'm weighing Hoon's confidence to drop Featherfall moments before impact because the less time you spend slowly falling is the more time you can spend running to Q's side, right? So I'm I'm deciding what to do here. I think how I'm going to do this is as you are falling to decide how many rounds, like how many extra rounds it'll take just Feather falling uh, because Feather falling is a slower fall. I want you to go ahead and roll a D4. No, roll a D6. No, D4. And subtract your charisma modifier from it. Oh, that's a zero. So this is just a raw roll. So roll a d4. We'll see how many rounds you spend falling. Oh, oh. oh no. Was that a four? That's a four. That's a four? Hoon, you leap from the cliff edge and wind billows out behind you. And you had the spell ready to fire off. Because you, you prepped this spell so that you could, the moment before impact, snap, cast, immediately negate your momentum, land, and then run. And you were ready for that moment. And in the half second where you leap off the cliff edge and you see just space below you and hundreds of feet below the beach, your hand twitches just enough to trigger the spell. And you feel your momentum slow and you just float through the air. 
there's like an immediate feeling of defeat. Just like so knowing, will, <laughs> knowing all that. I will tell you when you are in range to cast Fireball as we keep running camp scenes. Okay. Uh, I, I guess we snap back to the tentacle coming out and me mm. going, you want to know the name? Uh, in my head, I would like to know, am I within a mile of Ratson? I assume I am based off of the time it takes to get from the beach to the village. Ratson was on Alistair, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So it would be, he would be Ratson back would the... know. Would Ratson have known Hoon was going to the beach? Um, I, that's up to uh, Alistair. Does Ratson, does Ratson have the capacity to speak common? I should say. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Ratson is on Hoon's person. Then um I think I wouldn't really know. He's, just, he's like hanging on the inside of a pant leg. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh I'll just kind of like internally in my mind kind of telepathically communicate with him and just be like, "All right, old pal, this might be a bad one for me. Uh if I don't see you, I'll see you, all right, kid." And just kind of cut telepathic communications with him. Okay. Um and Q, looking at the odds in front of him, his tentacle out, he's exhausted, he has no spells. All he has is the one thing that has kept him alive this whole time, and that's his mind. Mm -hmm. I think he would like to, um, as he's like staring at this group of marauders in front of him, he's going to have like that Sherlock moment mm -hmm. of everything going slow motion and figure out the actions of which he needs to take in order to make it out alive. Mm -hmm. um, calculating in the idea that he could get hurt in the interim and take that into account. Uh, and I think if I could, if you'd allow me to make either an investigation or an insight check into what is what would scare these people the most of what I could do. You don't have time to make an investigation check. This is bullet time. Make an insight. Uh, all right, that's good. That, that works for me. I believe, actually... Um, I can make a, okay, I see. I can make an investigation check as a bonus action to uncover or decipher clues. That's actually part of the bullet time mm. as the Sherlock thing. I, I don't know if that helps. Sure, yeah, I mean, then fuck it. Why not? Go crazy with it. <laughs> cool. Never get we're to new. use a bonus action for it. Yeah, we're in a uh, tense moment. I'll, get, I'll give you this. I'll just remember that it's a bonus action. It's a bonus action, uh, 21, um, on investigation to see like what exactly is going to cause these people to back off 21 this older guy is steadfast this mm -hmm. older guy is staunch as a rock okay. and you can see that there are a few people like him among the raiders there is the 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 leader who you have seen before the one with a giant double-handed sword kind of over their back at this point uh there is, the bards are completely steadfast there is no trace of fear in their eyes uh and there are a smaller handful who don't seem affected, but you can see a lot of the younger guys here. Ones who don't have full beards. Ones who still have, like, you know, young, kind of naturally oiled muscles from, like, young guy grease. Uh, <laughs> that is a thing, and you can't convince me otherwise. Um, young guy grease. You can't convince me otherwise that younger people are more naturally greasy than older people. Uh... But you can see, like, there are ways to tell from the way that these guys carry themselves, the confidence in their shoulders. These guys are putting up a farce. And a lot of them are standing around because they saw their compatriot get the shit slapped out of them by one of the older dudes. Uh, but a lot of these younger guys are freaking out, right? Seeing you at all walk out of the water, these guys are very superstitious, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the older ones don't know you. And so they're not superstitious about you. 
you could try and tap into some superstition that you know they have to freak the old guys out. Or maybe a bit more reliable would be to just be kind of generally mystic enough to freak out the younger guys and cause a panic. I see. I think Q is more about the confirmed information than the mystic kind of um, vibe that mm. has he's been trying to give out. So I think he's just going to talk plainly to the guy in front of him uh, and just say, <sighs> Need hog. You see, he, t- he inhales and the blade digs a little bit into your neck for a moment. And he goes, Need hog does not have servants. What makes you say that? We have served him for years. So you're and a servant. We have served him and for so long and he has still not graced us. What do you think I am? What do you think I am? And you spit in my face like this? What makes you greater than we? Collectively? You probably could kill me easily. In fact, you could probably kill me right now. It's not about life or death in this situation. It's about what I know. You think it's going to be easy to take exactly what you need from this village? I already have information that you don't on this village. I can tell you everything you need to know. In fact, if you'd prefer me to come with you instead, we can do it that way. I'm only here for Dean Hog. I care not about you or your people, nor do you care for me, but we have an equal purpose. Here. And Q will open his arms and just raise them up. Take my weapons. I'll show you where they are. They, you immediately feel a pair of hands reach to grab at your bag. And, and what, what kind ahead. of bag is it, by the way? Uh, it's kind of like, um, kind of like a satchel, like over the shoulder satchel that goes uh, behind. Uh, is it like one of those pull open bags? Is it a zipper? There's definitely like a zipper and then like a like a uh what's what's the word I'm looking for? A pouch, I guess. Like like you'd have to lift it up, like a flab. You yeah. Know? Okay. Um and Q just goes, Oh, by the way, uh, there should be some proof in that bag. Uh they grab the bag, and as one of them is reaching to grab your rapier off your hip, you hear zzz, hey, hey. Uh and you just hear shuffling in the sand, and you see the guy who has a blade to your throat hasn't moved, just looks over your shoulder. And looks back to you. You claim to serve Nidhogg, yet you carry his scales as though you had hurt him. No, I picked it up from inside the fight. Why? To show you. And also because it's something that I can use as an offering later on. An offering? Maybe this. How badly do you need these? Enough to stake your life on it? For Nidhogg? Of course. But I'm willing to share. Take the big one. Uh, and you hear, like, shifting as something is pulled from your bag, and you hear, like, shh. And then, like from a few of the, the more medium-sized ones. And you hear the zip put back up. Your bag is thrown into the sand in front of you. And the blade is pulled back from your neck. I'm going to re... At that moment, the blade's back from my neck. I re-up with uh, Ratson. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm good, Ratson. I've been talking real weird to these <laughs> people. Um, whoever you're with, tell them that the Raiders think I'm on their side and try not to blow my cover. At this point, Hoon, you are close enough to interfere. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, oh, sure. <laughs> All right. Ratson's just like, <laughs> he just can't speak to you. <laughs> but you said that the rat can speak common, right? Ratson can speak oh, common. Understand. understand common. Yeah. You feel a little crack uh... in your ankle, and you look down, and you see Ratson. Ratson looks pretty frantic. Must be afraid. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll to see if I understand. Okay, sure. Roll insight on a rat. This is going to be high. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Can I make a persuasion check for Ratson? Yeah, sure. Make a persuasion check for Ratson. Oh, whoops. It's an eight for Ratson. Mm-hmm. So, um, who rolled the natty 19 for a total of 24 on the insight? 
So you rolled very high. Unfortunately, Ratson is still a rat. Ratson yeah, is trying right. to communicate something desperately to you. Ratson is very desperately trying, like clearly frantic about something. Uh, you don't know what yet. Ratson is just trying to tell you something and has no capacity to communicate. Rip. Um. All right. Hoon sees the situation. Uh, but wait, he would also he would, he sees the situation, so he would he would see that the it's been de- de-escalated a little bit. That's true. By the way, does Hoon, Hoon's casting takes a moment, right, as he pulls like runes and glyphs? Yeah, it's it's small, but it's definitely. I'm in, in this moment. moment, would there be a reaching for the material pouch or, or, or something, some kind of component? Um, Even before you decide to cast the spell, just an instinctual. I, I mean, yeah. Then with that insight, even though Ratson had a very low persuasion, as you start to reach for your material pouch, you feel a sharp pain in your finger and you look down and you see a rat has bit a little oh. bit into your index finger and you see blood is drawn. And Ratson ah, is standing ah, atop your material pouch. What? What are you hissing at you? He's a little what? rat hissing at you. What? But your friend. Uh, um. Ha, um. All right. You know. Ratson holds up his medical degree as if to say, "Trust me, I'm a doctor." <laughs> 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 on that. On that. Um, all right. Yeah. Who's gonna not be aggressive? But also, I want to survey the scene. What is it? Does, What's happening right now? People are pulling back. You see something is being pulled out of Q's bag and is being passed around people. And you can see the captain is taking a Nidhogling scale, the biggest one, and is like hefting it like it's a shield. Okay. All right. Um, cool. So I guess Hoon is going to attempt to hide and then ready in action for if spell. something... Roll a stealth check, and I will be so gracious to you and say you have time to land and roll into the sand, and you are not attempting to just cover your face like it's peekaboo in midair. Fantastic. Um, rip. All right, that's an 11. Rats will <laughs> give you the help action. Oh. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. No that's way. Let's no go. Way. No way. Let's go. <laughs> Ratson just made me roll a net 20. <laughs> Boone, you land in the sand and immediately one leg kicks out. And in time with the wind blowing past, you kick a line of sand into the air. Just not high enough to cover a person. Just about knee high. But that's high enough as you take that moment to trip yourself. Fall back into the sand covered by this small knee high like layer of kicked up sand just enough to look like it was the wind and you roll covering your coat in sand once more getting grains in places that you never wanted grains to be and you are gone. God, I always hated this feeling but damn that looked cool. Thank <laughs> you. You feel the blade pull back from your throat and the older man steps back. Go then and if we see you again. I do, do I need to finish the sentence? I think you get it. If you see me again, you will be quite unlucky. Just go. Uh, with that, Q is going to start heading out. He closes his eyes for roughly, you know, a few seconds uh, to warg into Ratson to see where he is. Uh, Ratson is in the sand, like thirty feet away. <laughs> uh, so I know where. So I can see myself leaving, basically. Yeah. Um. Uh. Did they end up taking my weapons? By the way, they never took your weapon. Just they like t- the scale? They took the larger scales, and as you turn, you can see some of them, like, the biggest one is, the leader is already affixing a strap to it, and is wearing it like a kite shield. 
and some of the other ones are being like put on arms, like smaller buckler shields. Uh, like they are already making use of these uh, these items. Yeah. Uh, so they took all the largest ones, and you are left with a variety of neat hoggling scales about the size of like carp scales uh, in your bag. Uh, okay. If that's the case, um, I'm going to uh, kind of throw like um, ah man, I don't know how I could. Oh, I can message you. So I will message Hoon since I can now see Hoon through Ratson. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll say, Hoon, don't give yourself away. Let these people pass. I'm going to hide as well. And we're going to come up from behind them. Alistair should be rallying the defenses enough where we can do a pincer maneuver. And then you see like a small little lump of sand kind of just like attempt to give a thumbs up. <laughs> and then like a little thumb <laughs> you see comes out of the sand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to hope that that was your thumb. Uh, and <laughs> it's like spongebob's nose just pops out uh, <laughs> thanks for saving that jesus you do see as you finish uh saying that you do see a little line of like sand bur- like a little line cuts to the sand as something burrows underneath the grains and at your feet you just see ratson's little snout pop up climb up onto your foot and up your leg and back once on once more onto your shoulder Ah, talking your way out of a bunch of raider cultists, Ratson, is elementary. And I will mm-hmm. walk off um, up the hill. Uh, and then once I'm kind of out of sight, I will then rehide. Go ahead and roll uh, a stealth check for me. And With Ratson will... Ratson. Yes, which will make is a straight roll because I'm exhausted. Uh, it's going to be an 18. An 18? All right, mm-hmm. you tuck yourself into the tall grasses. Considering these grasses are tall enough to reach about, like, waist or rib high on Hoon, you kind of just walk in and fade. You're just gone. Uh, (laughs) And so we will pass to the evening. Hoon, you see it first as the raiders finish kitting up using these scales. Some of them fit onto arms. Some of them, like, some of them go onto arms as shields. Others are put onto shoulders as pauldrons. Some are slung across, like, already ex- as armor, or slung on top of already existing armor. Uh, and you see that they are stronger because of it. They, like, they are, they are beefing themselves up. And after they finish their, their you know, kid-up sequence, uh, the raiders... <laughs> you see one dude, one kind of crazy dude, uh, straps a Nidhogling scale to his axe, and is seemingly, like, now just hitting people with the sharp side of the scale. Uh, Uh why not yeah he's he's using it like a just a giant war pick uh and you see uh they start walking past and you being completely hidden in the sand just watch as the party goes to the switchback and up and up and up and up and off to the village and then question yeah as they go up are they in formation at this point there is not a formation uh they are walking two by two uh and Having thought of specifically the thing that you thought of earlier, which is that something might be on the switchback, they are taking the opportunity to go slow, and they are going in pairs, spaced like 40 feet apart, going up like uh, alternatingly. Got it. Ultimately, where I was going with that question was trying to note if the bards had their notable musicians, like their instruments, had their instruments, and are are they together? together? No. Okay. One of, one of them is near the front. One of them is near the back. I stumbled hard with those words, but I got there in the end. We're good. Let's go. 
you can see they have intentionally staggered their formation. They are being a lot more careful than they normally would, seeing the turmoil in the ocean. Uh, they have ta they took it as a bad omen, and then seeing Q, though they retained their calm enough to have that be a positive interaction for them, still rattled some of them. So they are taking the extra time to be careful. Q, you see them rise up the switchback and start to walk in pairs far enough away from each other to not be blasted by spells together. Because you know you know from your first loop that these guys know about what spell casting is and are very wary of it. Or not, that was the second loop. But they walk off in staggered groups far enough apart and make their way towards the village. Uh, Ratson is going to run off ahead of me, mm -hmm. uh, past them with a little written note for Alistair. Um, that basically just tells Alistair Hoon and I are going to come up from behind them. Um, just to fill in Alistair on the plan on that. Uh, and so Ratson runs off. Um, and then after a few moments, I think Q is going to wait for Hoon uh, to come by um, before he gets out of his hiding spot. But in the interim, um, I think having seen one of them take like the bigger one and make it into a shield, Q had a very similar idea and would like to, at the... Um, and like take out like a dagger and kind of just jam the dagger into the scale to use as like the scale as a weapon as well um as like a little mini dagger okay sure yeah you can do it uh i will tell you right now this confers no mechanical bonuses that's uh, fine the guy who strapped it to his axe was purely just a dumbass uh, uh q is also like you know i think ash would kind of do something like this and then he just jams <laughs> <it> in <laughs> <laughs> like, smashing a rock and a stick together just yeah. Yeah. Uh, as yeah. smart as Q is he has no knowledge of magical items yeah. of any he's sorts, not a practitioner so. of artifice he doesn't no. know there's no, different kinds of intelligence people there you go Q, Q was a criminology major he's not an engineer uh, that's right <laughs> uh, so eventually Q and Hoon you guys meet up and stealthily as you can uh, uh, the hmm. moment who, uh, that Q sees Hoon um Q is just gonna speak up. Don't jump, it's me. Ah, did you, did you, uh, okay, I was hoping that would time. I was hoping that would minimize. Um, what else do I say? Do I just jump out at you? Like you're just gonna I, kill me? Look, honestly, I, I I don't even know at this point. I'm kind of just I'm trying, and it's it's a lot. And yeah, I, I tried to save you, and then and then my Hoon, moment wasn't. Hoon, and Hoon, then I'm here. Hoon, and, Hoon, and, Hoon. and what? Well, hello. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Um, oh. what you heard from me earlier today was not me. And I'm very, very sorry. Um, that was the thing in my head that I've told you about, Z. Uh, he took over today, and he caused a lot of mayhem, put us in a very tough spot, and I'm very sorry for that. I'm going to try to make it up to you. But um, thank you for having my back anyways. I didn't deserve it. I mean, I honestly, I yeah, yeah, it was a lot, right? And and, and there was definitely some part of me that didn't, didn't want to, but then I was also like, I, I've over the course of me being in this world, I've come to start to learn the value of life. And I just, I don't know. That's a huge, that's a huge character development. And a really dangerous thing to hear from a soldier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't used to know the value of Q, life. Q clocks that, um, <laughs> but is very happy to hear that otherwise you uh, have grown and just says, you know, um, I think I give you a lot of shit um, for not properly reading the room sometimes soon, but um, honestly, I think that deep down, I really just respect your ability to cut through bullshit. Um, so I'm gonna cut through the bullshit and just say, um, 
you may have been right. There could have been no value in life, just as there could be in value in life. And it's about your perspective of things. So I'm glad that your perspective has changed to find value. Let's go uh, preserve that value, shall we? Um. Y- yes. You know, he says, <laughs> like, kind of in conjecture, just still yeah. understanding yeah. what he's going through. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've learned the value of life. Yeah, I'll protect it. Why not? <laughs> maybe? Maybe. Q, Q gives the classic uh, reach for the back, hits the ass, pat on the back. Uh, <laughs> Go get him, champ. Does tune and just goes, all right, let's uh, stick the shadows and get ready for some mayhem. Hey, um, I actually had an idea, you know, as as we're walking at this point. Um, it, Q, can you, can you also somehow get a message to um, Alistair and just, like, ask him to make ready for the the troops i don't know no uh ratson's going ahead oh okay all right message so Uh, so like so like the 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 not not the brothers the the lovers yeah right yes wow major character development Mm. (laughs) hold on hold on yeah um, that's the biggest character development all all show into all four so far from so wow so 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 um the the the, the brothers they'll be good and and the the, the kid and the and and I think their sister I I don't know I don't know we'll that yeah, one we'll they are out. siblings that one they are siblings yeah. um I'm, I'm still lost we I think we've got this um I'm gonna be spellless going into this so you're gonna be our main uh, mage which means you're gonna be a big target I think that what we can do is <laughs> you're, you just kind of magic doesn't count. <laughs> you just show up, blow them up, and then run away. And then when they chase you, I'll jump out and stab them. Yeah, that sounds normal. <laughs> None of this is all right. Uh, let's uh, let's catch up to them and keep out of sight. God. All right, you two follow behind, Alistair. I get to Bye. play now. Yeah, finally, Thank God. You an <laughs> oh hour my in. God. An hour wow. in because Alistair, you make it back into the city. You can see the flood of ghosts coming to join this conflict. And you can see the evacuation is not as far along as you would have liked. Uh, on, having been the first time you saw this evacuation, it was done in the morning. This yeah. time it was a little later in the day, just towards yeah. the end of the noon phase. And you can see that people are getting geared up, but there's still families who, mostly the stupid ones, uh, have like big crates or overfull bags of belongings that they are taking with them things that as much as they have tried to pack light some people were too materialistic and are too slow uh and are just making it out there are some families who are sitting behind uh there are some who don't know what to do right and don't really want to run but don't know how to fight and there are people who are sitting on stoops and are kind of just having existential crises and it's not being resolved because there's a bit of a panic. Not much, because things were handled well. Right. But there's a knowledge, an acknowledgement now that something is coming that is dangerous enough to need to leave the city. Okay. And you are Sister, walking up... Mm-hmm. Sister Grace, she's still around? No. Grace and okay. the children are as gone as you can see. Okay, so that takes out healing. Um, Alright, look, folks. Like, Alistair is just kind of walking through surveying. Just look. Either you leave it behind... Or you get murked. <laughs> Roll an intimidation check. Oh my god. Like, not even trying to be cute here. It's just, we are out of time, and you need to get the fuck out. Uh, 
Wow, that is a 14 on the die, plus 7, 21. You see a couple people start to run and get winded after 30 feet, because they have, like, 50 pounds of gear on their back. Uh, one housewife just goes, like, oh, heavens, and slips off, like, this giant camping pack, and you just hear, like, a clang as metal pots and pans, like, thud into the ground. Uh, and they just, like, pick up their kid and start sprinting, like, like pick up their kid in one he- arm, like, hoist their dress in the other, and are just, like, jogging out housewife style, where they're, like, barely lifting their feet. Uh, and you can see people start to redouble their effort to escape, but there, it doesn't help, especially. Like, th- th- there are still more lingerers in the town than you would like. You can't clear, you, like, there are people who are freaking out. There are some people who refuse to leave their homes and are just, like, sitting in. Uh, and it's not as suffused this time as you would have liked to have been. Uh, perhaps because of the shorter notice, perhaps because of the source, uh, but for various reasons. But you can see a defense is still being mustered. You can see that there are able-bodied men and women who are walking up to the smithy, and Roland is handing out shields, is handing out armor, is handing out weaponry. Uh, you see, uh, at one point, you can see, to your surprise, Taka, his <laughs> daughter, walks up, and he, like, hands her a sword, and he turns back, and then immediately turns and grabs the sword out of her hands, and she goes, uh, <laughs> Trust me. All right. Uh, and he, he doesn't even say a word, he just points, and she just walks back out of the town. Uh, you could see, of all things, though, as she goes to walk out, she reaches down and grabs the vase that was in one corner of the smithy, uh, <laughs> and just, like, carries that out of town with her. Um, that's the uh, mom. Yeah, most likely. Oh, um, What was, I'm sorry, um, Bard Girl, with the, uh, the elven Bard woman. Oh god, the, I forgot uh, her name as well, give me a moment. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got a chance uh, to add her to my notes. Yes, Pella. Her name was Pella, Pella Nentro. That was a way better chin scratch than I ever could have done. Yes. And um her her brother was named Bren. And Pella is an elf, Bren is human? Uh Pella is a half elf. Bren okay. yes. is human human. Yeah. Okay, no halves. Got it. Okay. Uh, and you can see the two of them are like gearing up as much as they can gear up. Uh Pella has uh, like Pella has put on a leather breastplate uh, and a, a leather skirt and has, of all things, has had an iron cap fastened to the end of her cane. Uh, just like a steel tip at the end, uh, if need be. Uh, but you can see, like, she is clear. I will make this clear. She is intending to stay in the back. Uh, she is not going to be a frontline fighter. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> and you can see Bren... Uh, the first time you saw him, Bren was acting like a kid who was not supposed to be there. This time, because his sister is there, he seems to have taken a lot more care with his appearance. And he is wearing, like, full plate chest plate that is a, a, a size or two too big for him. Uh, and he's got, like, this, like, heavy helmet that is not, like, a, like, knight helmet with, like, the heavy visor, but is one of those, like, barbarian right. helmets that has, like, the, the conical cap and then, like, just the nose bar. Uh... And he's a little bit more decked out in armor than maybe he should be, but he does have a larger crossbow. Uh, 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 <laughs> Hella. She turns. Um, yeah. All right. I I am, I guess, sort of body, but I just, um, raising my voice isn't necessarily my strong suit. Something you might be able to help me out with, because uh, I feel like I need to make an address. Oh, absolutely. And you can see she, is it okay if I touch you? Yes, thank you for asking. Okay. Uh, she walks <laughs> up and kind of just like pinches the sides of your of your throat uh, and casts, um, what is it, thaumaturgy on you. Okay. 
All right. I need everyone to fall in and listen. Those of you that aren't combatants, I need you to just keep doing what you're doing. But the rest of <laughs> you who are gathering up to uh, protect the town, I need you to listen. It's going to sound crazy. I've done this before. I've done this exact fight before under different circumstances. We can win this. Ella holds we up have... a hand to you to stop you for just a moment and hands you a black sash. Put it on. <laughs> oh, shit. General Alistair. <laughs> we have won this before. We have protected this town from these raiders in the past. Sure, there may be casualties, but if we hold strong and hold together, we can win this. And even if you do perish in the fight, death is not the end. The Lady of the Barrows watches over you. You are gathered here today and joined by your deceased and honored dead. They stand with you to protect your town, to protect your life. It is this time, this is our last chance and it is here that we must make our stand. It is here that we must push those raiders back. It is here that we must give them absolutely no quarter. As you finish your speech, you feel a pulse of energy in your chest. And I want to ask you something. You feel, you feel a pulse of energy in your chest, and it is something you can take and hold within yourself, or mm -hmm. you can release it. I release. You allow this energy to sink through. Take a deep breath, push it down into your feet, into the soil, and it pulses outwards. And you watch with a ripple and a wave. You don't see any difference, but you can see the villagers' heads start to turn. And to them, people start appearing. Old, elderly, some of them. There are a few unfortunate children. There are people crouched on rooftops with ghastly bows drawn. There are some with tennis ball cane, like tennis ball bottomed <laughs> walkers, uh, and others who are holding chipped and broken wine glasses that they seem to intend to use as shivs. And a uh, postmenopausal Voltron. Yes, and a po <laughs> the, the postmenopausal Voltron isn't here yet. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and you can see the villagers for a moment see this flash and see ancestors and families and generations gathered around them. And they look around, look back to you, and you hear weapons start thudding into shields, feet stomping on the ground as a rallying cry rises from the village. We stand here today at the precipice of destiny. We will not back down. Ah! I, I stand <laughs> with you, Lupelis. <laughs> you, yeah, you can see one over your guy, like, shouts yeah. and then runs away and hears you keep talking and runs back. You're not done! <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm, though. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We stand at the precipice of destiny. We will not go quietly. I stand with you, Lupellus. I stand with you here, and I stand with you now. We will not fall. Now, everyone, prepare yourselves. Those of you who cannot defend yourselves, make yourselves scarce. Find your way to the barrows and leave behind what you can. If all goes well, it'll be here tomorrow. This time, there's a polite pause after you finish speaking, and then a rallying cry. And, and you, you can see... do it. Go ahead. Go now. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and now they shout. And you see, like, one depressed dude who is still just sitting on a door stoop just goes like, yeah, all right. And it's, it stands up, walks over to the smithy, gets, like, a little spear, uh, a little hand spear and, like, a hoplite shield. Uh, and joins the uh, joins the group, and you can see most uh, like the villagers as much as they can are fleeing. It is not organized at this point. It is not clean. It is too late for many of them for it to be organized and clean. They are just booking it. Uh, and it is at this moment that you hear a little, <laughs> and you see at your feet little ratson pulling at your leg. Confirmed hey. to speak in Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Right. I don't know what you're saying. Sorry. <laughs> you see, like, a little paper, like, rolled up uh, attached to his back. Yeah, messenger rat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it reads as follows. Dearest Alistair, this is Q, if you couldn't tell. I'm deeply sorry for any actions or words I may have said in the previous morning, as I was completely dominated and controlled by Z. I hope you do not hold this against me, and I do owe you one. I'm very sorry. In other news, raiders are coming. Hoon and I are behind them, ready to pincer maneuver them uh, at your leisure. You may give us a cue as uh, we will listen in. No pun intended. Uh, and then at the bottom, make it up. We'll know it when we see it. Uh, Gosh, he writes <laughs> tiny. It is spectacular handwriting. It is handwriting that you, you will have never seen better handwriting. It is the kind of handwriting from someone who has had to write so many letters and notes and documentation uh, that had to have been perfectly done or else court would not accept it. So just really, really proper handwriting. So like, can I just in inject like my actual real life happenstance? My dad, he, you know, shout out to him. He's a hardcore Irishman, right? And mm -hmm. he so came... Irishman? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's differences, right? One of them appreciates Guinness a little more, but that's not that's besides <laughs> the point. Uh, basically, when he was, um, you know, when, whenever I saw him write, you know, his, his handwriting or his signature, it, it literally was that. It was so incredibly pristine, so perfect, so poised. Like, it, it, it exists. This actually exists. And I just, I don't know. It, it, it reminded me of that. And it's just like a wholesome moment for me. Yeah, shout out to Eli's dad. It's yeah. actually cute. In honor of Eli's father. <laughs> in honor of Eli, that's the episode title. In honor of Eli's father. Oh Jesus! Uh, Let's we will not cut to Alistair among the battlements, setting up in the center or, or on a choke point on one of the roads in town. Archers uh, are. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say before all that happens. Wait, Ratson, you're you're a doctor, right? Ratson nods enthusiastically. Right. Uh, Lucky. <laughs> he just like leans out and just shouts out for the monkey. <laughs> roll, roll an animal handling. Nah, -uh. nat twenty. Get a nat twenty. Do it. Natty eighteen plus three right. twenty one. All right, it's above a twenty. You see waddling out of the smithy. Let's uh, go. With you know, waddling out of the smithy with a <laughs> giant knight helmet covering <laughs> the upper three quarters of his body. Uh, <laughs> There is a like dagger holster, uh, uh, like a dagger sheath uh, that is hung loosely like a belt around <laughs> his waist, and in the sheath is a banana, and he just waddles out. Where the fuck did he get a banana? Where the fuck did he get a banana? What kind? Uh, I love it. And Lucky right. waddles up to you. All right. He's a little knight um, helmet with legs. Cool. Uh, I'm just gonna look at and scoop the knight helmet and just kind of yeah. There I'm is a smaller knight helmet underneath. <laughs> I'm gonna need the, you. A this bit one is appropriately monkey yeah. sized and it's Good. just over wow. like that. Why? The I mean, I see what you are going for. Smart, but um, I'm gonna need you to take Ratson with you. Mm -hmm. And anytime you see someone who's grievously wounded or perhaps a bit hurt, just <laughs> use your nimble bimbly, like, the monkey limbs, and just go up and let Ratson do the medicine. God. Lucky flashes you a thumbs up, takes the banana, rips it in half, and offers half to you. Oh. I take it and nod. <laughs> he bites into it with the peel. 
And I um I kind of ah. he just watches. He waits. Lunch. Oh yeah, this is fantastic. I love eating it with people. He takes another bite, offers the rest to Ratson. Uh, just scoops the little rat over his shoulders like a uh, like, like a travel pillow, and waddles away. <laughs> Ratson wears the peel like a helmet on his head. There you go. As soon as he's out of eyesight, just <laughs> God. <laughs> We've witnessed another night born. Yeah, Lucky is a level seventeen fighter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, you know what? I had the character sheet right here. Yeah. Lucky yeah, level, level level seventeen, 17 fighter. samurai fighter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, hiding the whole time in plain sight. Anyway, yeah. uh, how did you get that? I I thought I hid that character sheet deep in my nose, <laughs> deep in the I told you Nothing was safe. Uh, I still no. have all those notes. So now, in honor of Eli's father, we will cut to the setting up <laughs> yeah. of defenses on the edge of town in a choke point between buildings. There are again three archers uh, who are setting up on a rooftop. Uh, Pella is behind, tucked behind a building. Uh, you can see she has a microphone in hand uh, and is ready to perform uh, and is just hiding off stage uh, until until the curtain rises for her. Uh, and you can you can see the town is ready. And as storm clouds, not the violent thundering storm clouds yet roll in, you can see like the cloud, the sky starts to go and light starts to vanish and pass, and you realize why as you feel lightning walk up next to you, Alistair. And you turn, and there is Avra. Her aura is one... She looks exactly as she normally does, but the feeling you get from standing next to her is the same tense, hair-raising like energy as standing next to a live wire. Mm. And she is just there next to you, and she goes, Are we ready? Has there been any sign sightings of the Chris's? Oh, yes, they're right here. Uh, and she points, and they are, uh, they are just down the street, and they kind of, like, wave at you. <laughs> they don't know right. you in this timeline, so they didn't approach this you. This is fair. You know, you're right. You're right. That's fair. Uh, silly me. Forgot, you know, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey bullshit. Uh, yes, they, yeah. So, okay. Um, so, they're going to break in with their bards, you know, as trying to sow chaos and destruction. You're mm. using the sound to destroy and distract. Their archers are going to take out, you know, pinpoint any kind of spellcaster that might be present. It's their goal, you know, that to take out to what know. they can. So we have at least Q and Hoon behind this incoming force. Uh, that fills me with some level of reassurance, but I'm unsure of what they were able to do down the beach. Uh, what kind, I know we have Riel. Right, he's he's around. Yes, Rial is there. He's present. Uh, so we need to get if we can get him behind the 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 incoming forces as well. That would greatly bolster our ability to kind of wean off their ranged capability. I'll tell uh, the uh, I'll tell the Chris's and Rial to focus on the bards if possible. Yes, um, you seem sparky. Uh, a little. That's fair. This uh, will be the last time. This. We don't have much of a choice, I don't think. One way or the other, it's last time for, for all of it, whether we win or lose. Then at least I can do what the mother should and protect what my boy loves. We will hit the bards. I think I am best. I think I am best with the girl, Pella, the oh, singer. Right. As a caster. Okay. There are not many others in this town who wield magic. That's fair. 
Uh, I know Sister Grace is watching over the children now, so that's As well reassuring. She should, yes. Right. And uh, I think then just make sure you have some of the more burly types in front of you to, uh, you know, act as a bit of a wall. I appreciate it, but... And she kind of raises her arms, flexes. I am the burly type. <laughs> All right, yeah, fair. <laughs> right, dragon inside of a kobold's mind. No, no, uh, Avra herself, the kobold, is ripped. Right, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes... She I don't know why I thought that would be a transference of physical stats onto her. No, no. <laughs> no, the kobold does CrossFit. Really? Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. a CrossFit here in town. No, she does it on her own. You know, She's she like flipping boulders and shit in the middle of the barrows. Like, no, she should she should open her own CrossFit studio. She'd make bank. Avra kind of like <laughs> like opens her mouth, closes it, and then like turns to the side and just goes, "That's I will I'll I'll pass that along." Uh, okay, they're coming. Uh, yeah, and you turn and you can see the raiders are now charging. They are their lines have been formed enough. They are still disparate and loose, keeping spread out, because at this point they mm-hmm. have seen that there is resistance mustered. They don't know what they are approaching to, and they are not forming unified lines just yet. Hey gang, Cam here. We split this last final episode that Evan put together here, right in half, right about here, uh, mainly because it was extremely long. If you are waiting for the next part, all you gotta do is come back tomorrow and the next part will be here. If you are from the future... Cool. That's awesome. Glad you were able to make it back here. That means the second part is already available. Go ahead and check it out. Anyways, thanks for listening. Take care.